0: Hello, I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Scott Soschnick. We'll explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to one of the most powerful people in the
1: industry. On this week's show, we are speaking with Dana White, president of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, ahead of next week's highly anticipated match between Floyd Mayweather and
2: Conor McGregor. This is going to break every record you know, in combat sports history. We
1: will have more of our interview with UFC president Dana White in a few minutes, but first, let's look at the top stories of the week. Joining us for that... Is Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter, Eben Noby-Williams. Let's begin with a story that you broke this week, Scott. Tell us about the big news from Turner Broadcasting.
0: Well, Turner, like so many other broadcasters, is going over the top. OTT, and and so many of our interviews, Michael, with with the media people, they'll tell you we need to go direct to consumer. No more cable company. We have plenty of content that we need to ship directly to to the consumers. That's where everybody's looking these days.
3: Sure. And this Turner Broadcasting OTT is going to be primarily soccer. It'll be Champions League and Europa League, the two major club championships from Europe. And I think it's a good place to start. I mean, we talked last week about ESPN. They're going to be wading in with their digital network. These are not the only two major sports broadcasters that are going to be doing it. But we're finally reaching a point where this theoretical point where we've always talked, last couple of years, we've talked about it all the time. We're going to get to a point where they need to do this. We're now at the point where they're doing it.
0: I like it that Turner, though, couldn't answer two very important questions. One, how much does it cost? And two, how many subscribers do you think you'll get? Those are the two things. What are they going to show? Now we know they have some decent content. When you come to market with one of these products and you have Champions League games, that's something. That's something that people would like to see, but how much are they willing to pay for it?
1: Is it official now? Have we just officially shattered the model when it comes to cable providers?
0: It's not shattered. I mean, it's still there. There are still plenty of folks who have their cable. It's just fewer people. And as that number dwindles, it's been such a staple of the business that guaranteed revenue coming in for ESPN, seven bucks a month per subscriber. You start losing thousands of subscribers and then ultimately over the years, millions of subscribers. That's a lot of revenue. They have to figure out a way to stem the losses.
3: And make no mistake, the the premier items that Turner has to broadcast are still going to be on cable television. You're not going to see MLB playoffs on this OTT. They're still keeping the the cream of the crop that they have for TV. So we're not yet at the point where the best they have to offer is going on to this OTT as a way to lure both a higher price point and more consumers.
1: And Disney did something like this not too long ago, just fact, just a few days ago, where they said, hey, we're going to take out especially our ESPN content and we're going to try to provide it directly to the viewer and bypass the cable operator.
0: That was the impetus for their paying all that money for BAM tech. So right. they could have the technology to go direct to consumer. Some would say they may be a little slow in making that transition, but they have great content. Let's see what the consumers are willing to pay, and what sort of things are we going to see on these platforms. That's the key.
1: And another story we are following on Bloomberg Business of Sports. The Bloomberg Inaugural Players Tech Summit in San Francisco this week took place. We told you all about it on last week's show when we sat down with Andre Iguodala of the Golden State Warriors. And this week we heard from his teammate and fellow champion Steph Curry about expanding the NBA brand globally. When we talk about content, digital content, and things that
2: we could do in China that can really, you know, be able to tell powerful stories and and uh, grow not only my brand, you know, who I am, but uh, you know, basketball in general for you know the amount of people that are there, it's, it's definitely um, a huge, huge opportunity. Here
1: we go. We're talking about sports athletes who have fat wallets getting into entrepreneurship. And they're going to find a way to capitalize on this.
0: Oh, they have already found a way, especially those that have big followings, big names and superstardom around the world. Yeah, I was there, and I spent the day with Steph and Andre and Paul Rabel, the lacrosse player. Um, there were some football players there, Marcus Colston. And they heard time and time again that there's opportunity there for you. And we're here in Silicon Valley to support those opportunities. They heard many stories from many venture capitalists, how I went about doing it. What what were the tips they could offer? They heard from Andre Agassi. They heard from Joe Montana, also raising money for different things, but raising money in the venture capital world. These guys were sitting at attention, really writing it down in their books. They were thirsting for knowledge as to how they can take that next step.
3: Yeah, we're entering an age here where adding someone like a a professional basketball player to your VC fund is not just because people know who he is and they want to take a meeting with him because they like watching him on the court. These guys are now contributing things in these conversations, and that's a big step forward.
1: Let's talk about another topic. This one, a rather grim one, the protest and violence in Charlottesville, Virginia, dominated the news, and a prominent NHL team logo got caught up in the fray And it's causing the team to denounce the use of its brand. What it is, is that the Detroit Red Wings, well, what somebody did, they took that logo and instead of the round wheel that you see in the logo, they put the Nazi symbol in there. And of course, the Red Wings organization, they were up in arms. It's like, what is this?
0: Could you imagine you're sitting in your office, you have no idea this is going to come on your plate today, right? And you flick on one of the news channels and you'll, wait a minute, wait, that's our logo being associated with this. I mean, you have to obviously distance yourself from this as quickly and as clearly as you can, and that's what they did.
3: Sure, and the Detroit Lions logo, uh, that rearing lion standing up, was also used by by a group that was there on the ground in Charlottesville. Um, yeah, yeah, they did the right thing. They came out immediately and said they had nothing to do with it. They'll take legal action if they have to, and distance yourself as much as possible.
1: Let's shift gears on a much happier note. Let's talk about ESports. It is huge and is a story that, Evan, you are familiar with. And speaking of familiar, a familiar company is tracking this huge phenomenon.
3: Yeah, Nielsen, the uh, the company you know as, as the experts in what consumers watch and what they buy, is finally wading into esports, trying to bring some clarity to what is a very confusing industry right now. I mean, I get emails from people, they say esports is a $400 million industry. Some people say it's a billion dollar industry. Nobody seems to know if it's 80% male or 50% male. There's just no concrete statistics out there about who's watching this, what they're paying for, who they are, what the revenue is for the entire industry, what sponsors are getting back when they invest their money into it. And those are all things that Nielsen does at the top level for things like gaming and also things like sports. And they're realizing that there's some synergy there and there's an opportunity for them to wade in and and do some more with it.
0: Yeah, this is about return on investment. If advertisers are going to put their money into esports, they need to know what they're getting right now. They're just not sure.
3: If you're Audi, for example, and you want to invest in, let's say, the Detroit Lions, right. to keep it personal for you, Michael, <laughs> uh, there's an easy way for Nielsen to say, listen, here's the amount of people that are going to see it. Here are your eyeballs. This is the demographic. This is what it's probably worth. And after your campaign runs, Nielsen can look at it and say, OK, here's what you got for it. That doesn't exist in esports yet. And a lot of companies who want to get into this because it's got sexy demographics and it's the next big thing are kind of waiting on the sidelines until there's a little bit more of those structures in place.
1: Our thanks to Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter Evan Novi williams Now let's turn to a conversation with Dana White, president of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Under his leadership, the UFC has grown into a global multi-billion dollar enterprise. And next weekend, he's set the stage for what's shaping up to be the biggest fight ever a boxing match between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor.
0: And a couple of years ago, somebody asked if this fight would ever happen, and you said something to the effect of you have a better chance of being Tom Brady's backup than this fight. Yeah, happening. no, it was
2: it was a couple of days before the Super Bowl. and I said, yeah, I got a better chance of being Brady's backup than, than this fight happened. If you look at how long it took these guys to do the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, I thought this would never come together, but, you know.
0: So what yeah. So what changed? If there were all those impediments so, to the other fight, how did this come together? I, I, I think pretty quickly.
2: So literally everywhere I went, everywhere McGregor went, everywhere Mayweather went, all people asked about was this fight. So it, it started to get crazy. I, I, I was like, man, if one more person asked me about this fight. So I was on ESPN, and uh, I said, I'll tell you what. Floyd, I'll give you $25 million for the fight. Then TMZ... Uh, got him and said, hey, did you hear he offered you $20? And he hung his watch out the window and said, see this watch? I don't know what that meant. It's the watch $25 million. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so from there, um, you know, that that started the negotiation. And then uh, me, Al Heyman, and Team Mayweather, uh, you know, started negotiating.
1: Is this fight going to break revenue records?
2: Yeah, it's going to break – every record you know in combat sports history it it literally is the biggest fight in in, in history and and because of the the global reach that the ufc has you know in boxing these guys will go out and cut a few international deals you know here and there with all with with the digital service that we have i don't care if you're in manhattan or on a desert island somewhere if you can get wi-fi you can watch this fight
0: so who gets a bigger advantage? This is better for—is it better for boxing, which maybe the interest has been waning, or is it better for UFC and that maybe boxing fans and casual sports fans are going to give your sport a try?
2: I think it's good for all of combat sports. You know, when you have a when you're—I'll give you an example. When when Mayweather-Pacquiao did what it did, I was like, wow, good for them and. Uh, It it showed me where where the bar was set, you know, on if you have the right fight with the right people in the right place, the right time, you know, it, it can be massive.
1: It's funny because this fight, which will take place on the 26th, is on the same day that I have to take one of my kids back to college. And my wife said, are you coming? I said, no, forget that. I'm going to watch this fight. So, which brings up the next point is that. Th- you must be pretty popular at the house right now. Yeah, I, yeah ju- just like a
2: cactus. That's about where I am right now. <laughs>
0: Headline, Michael Barr, terrible father. Yeah. I,
1: I just wonder, I mean, there's so many parties involved and, and, and everybody's all set. And Las Vegas, they love you guys because they're expecting the visitor revenue to increase because of this fight.
2: Yeah, it's going it's to be big for Vegas, but it's going to be big for, for a lot of places. This is the most distributed event in, in pay-per-view history. Think about that. All the fights that have happened with Tyson, De La Hoya, Mayweather, Pacquiao, all these fights, the most distributed event in pay-per-view history. Can
0: you break it down for me then as specific as you can? If it's going to break records, we're talking probably $500 million in TV revenue alone. That's the dominant uh, revenue source. Who's going to
2: make how much? The line in Vegas right now is uh, uh, over 4.9 million pay-per-view buys. Yes, there's actually a line on it. At a hundred bucks Ooh, a pop. At a hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. Okay, you know, so if you, if you extrapolate
0: the math, how much do you does UFC make? How much does Team Mayweather, what what's Connor get? How does it break out?
2: Everybody's doing just fine. Everybody's doing just fine on this fight. I don't I don't think anybody has put the numbers out on who's making what, but it's uh it's it's everybody nobody's bummed out about it i can tell you that everybody's going to be happy
1: boxing versus ufc and it back in the day it was just boxing that was it that was the only thing and then all of a sudden 24 years later 24 years ago you the ufc comes on the scene and then everything has changed what caused that big metamorphosis i guess from changing from boxing to the ufc
2: uh, you know i th- I think that we went out and first of all it 's an exciting sport number one let's start there super exciting sport. you can punch kick knee elbow, go to the ground and and then uh you know all different types of submissions there's just so many different ways to win and so many different ways to lose. The fights are super exciting and then we went out and basically uh you know built the sport we wanted this thing to be sanctioned by uh all all the athletic uh commissions and to be looked at as a real sport and these guys being real athletes so uh, you know there's so many people that want to watch a freak show and then there's a lot of people that actually want to watch a real sport
0: hey danny can you take me back oftentimes in the growth of a business there's the aha moment where whatever doubts that may have existed in the past you say that's all erased you're like i've got something here and, and i know it do you remember that moment
2: yeah um, even even earlier when we were losing money and, uh you know, we the, the, were losing money, losing money. I, I always felt like we were gaining momentum, building steam, and that uh, the sport was catching on even faster than I had anticipated. Because if you think about it, We all grew up, and I'm I'm 48 years old, and we all grew up in a society where, you know, like the old John Wayne movies, you never hit a man when he was down. John Wayne would hit a guy, then he'd stand him back up and he'd hit him again, you know. I thought it was going to take a long time for the people to learn the ground game, you know, Uh, what was happening, the setups for a submission. But, man, it happened fast, and submission fighting became very, very popular with the uh, younger generation.
0: Oh, you just said the keyword word, the younger generation. That's all about demographics. Give us the demo of who you reach, how many, and how old are they?
2: Well, you know, 18 to 34-year-old males is, is what we absolutely dominated uh, when we were building this business. And one of the things that's happened since then is obviously it's grown to, uh, you know, older demos, younger demos, and the one that I never saw come in the female demographic um, with with you know, the, the, the meteoric rise of Ronda Rousey, um, you know, women became so, first of all, we, we, I can't remember what news station it was. I think it was Fox, but they did this story of all the women that used to come to the events on like girls trips to Vegas to watch the UFC. You know, I never thought we'd see that day. And, uh, now we have three different, uh, weight divisions in the UFC for women. And, uh, it's, it's one of the most popular, uh, you know, the guys love to watch the women fight.
1: Ronda Rousey was probably the biggest UFC women's star you ever had. But then you said that you don't think she'll ever fight again. Why?
2: She was actually the biggest star, period, at one time in the UFC. And, uh, you know, if you look at Ronda Rousey and you know her history, she grew up, um, you know, training in judo. Uh, She ended up going to the Olympics twice. And, um, and then she became a world champion. She's 30 now. She's made a lot of money, and I think she's ready to, ready to start a personal life now. And, uh, you know, she, she never did any of the things that other young girls did. She didn't have fun. She didn't go to parties. She didn't do any of that stuff. She worked, uh, you know, and trained. So I think she's ready for that.
0: Dana, is that maybe a little chink in the business plan armor in that you invest and help develop stars, and then maybe they get tired of getting kicked in the face. And once they make money, they say, "Let me go do something else."
2: Yeah, I mean that's 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 professional sports, period. Um, nobody lasts forever in, in professional sports. You know, everybody has a limited amount of time to do great things, make a lot of money, and then move on to the next chapter of your life. Professional sports is not a career. It's not something you do forever.
0: But how do you develop that next superstar? And some of this is we're going to get into content because I know you've got the Contender Series. You want to make every part of us uh, UFC something for people to see.
2: Yeah, I, I'm always trying to innovate and come up with new ideas on how people can consume our product and uh, you know the different types of fights to watch, the different ways to present them uh, to the fans. And, uh, I have the Contender Series, which is to find young, up-and-coming talent. I have a show called Looking for a Fight. That's a completely different format that is focused on building young talent. And then I have The Ultimate Fighter, which is, uh, you know, the, sh- the show that builds talent and that really started everything for us.
1: We always talk about, as one of the conversations at the bar or at the kitchen table, wherever, forget $150 million, give me a million dollars, and I would get in the ring with Ronda Rousey, blah, 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 and then proceed to take a trip to the hospital. These people are are so well-trained in what they do.
2: Can you take us through that? and not only that it's it's the mental preparation it takes a lot of people said say if you give me a million dollars i'd get in there with this guy no you wouldn't because before you got there the build up to it first of all you'd have to uh, cut weight very few people could do that and, and actually go through with it and, 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 you know, without quitting, number one. Number two, all the bleed up into it, the, the PR that you have to do, then you have to go up on the weigh ins, do the stare down, and then that night you actually have to show up, walk into an arena with 20,000 people and millions watching around the world on TV, and go in there and fight, you know, somebody that you know is going to destroy you. Very few people would really do that for a million okay,
0: dollars. You make it sound like Michael Barr is not prepared when he comes and he sits, he puts his headphones on and conducts an interview with you. It's like he's not prepared <laughs> for something like that.
2: I have yeah, to take it, off my it, pocket
1: it, protector and get ready for this. <laughs>
2: There's so much more that goes into being a fighter. You know, the mental warfare, the the, the, the training, just so many things that would break the average guy or woman that, that that thinks they would get in there for a million bucks.
0: Yeah, there's also so many things that go into building, and, and for lack of a better term, I'm going to say a sports league because that's how you're operating. You have to deliver content in an OTT world where people want it, when they want it, how they want it, on what device they want it. You seem to be building content for exactly that kind of distribution model.
2: You're absolutely correct. Yeah, um, you know, everything that's right now, that's what I'm battling over right now the the so the contender series is killing it. It's 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 doing incredibly well. And we're only shooting something like uh 7 or 8 episodes. My thing is I think we should we should go 10 or 12 before we break and and you know, start another season. Um so it's, yeah, these are all things I'm battling with, but the answer is yes. So we're bringing in more subscribers with the show. Um, you know, the subscribers that are there, we're offering them great content. And then once this thing is is done, and I have a season in the can, I can chop this thing up ten different ways and create ten other television shows with with the uh, with the content that I have.
1: You kind of touched off on it earlier. The UFC, about 24 years old, and you talked about uh, some of the moments that's happened, but Can we expand more on that? What are some of the biggest changes that has happened to the UFC?
2: Oh, God. There's been so many changes. I mean, if you look at where it started, it was basically supposed to be one event that put style versus style. Would karate beat kung fu? Would boxing beat wrestling um, type show? And it did so well that it rivaled professional boxing and the wwe at the time so they did another one and another one and another one but in a million years these guys never realized that they were creating a sport mixed martial arts was born which is by far the best fighting style
0: and dana can you give me a glimpse at what your international footprint looks like where do you go how many people do you reach it's probably stuff that the traditional sports leagues are jealous of
2: yeah we literally go everywhere we 're in over a billion homes worldwide on some form of television and here, here's what's crazy. Think about the NFL right there's nothing bigger in this country than the NFL and I don 't care if people watch one football game all season. Everybody watches the Super Bowl right and in other parts of the world, cricket is really big, and they could care less about football right but We're never going to care about cricket over here. The one thing that breaks through all cultural barriers, I don't care what color you are, what country you come from, or what language you speak, fighting is in our DNA. We get it and we like it. It works everywhere. Um, If you think about the most famous athletes to ever walk the face of the earth, Tom Brady is huge, and um, people don't care about him in other countries. There's guys in other countries that we don't even know about, but everybody knows Mike Tyson. Everybody knows Muhammad Ali. Everybody knows Bruce Lee. Little kids today still know who Bruce Lee is. This guy died in the early 70s. We are fascinated as human beings by who the toughest uh, people in the world are. And fighters will always be the most famous athletes on earth.
1: You brought up a good point, too, and that is when, when the sport started 24 years ago and so many things changed that people didn't realize, hey, this could be a sport. And now this thing has is just exploded. And What is the future for UFC?
2: We're going to continue to go into countries we haven't been in. We're going to continue to go back to countries we have been in. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to grow and, and adapt to uh, technology and all the different things that are going on with OTT and whatever's next. Because when you think about it, for, for what the future is, my kids, I got, I got a 12-year-old, a 15- and a 16-year-old, and all they do 24-7 is on their phones. Everything is on their phones. It's how they communicate. It's how they watch, you know, anything that they're interested in. It's how they get their news and information. Everything is off the phone. And if you look at our content, you know, the, the best knockout, the best submission, some highlights of a fight. What, what's You're going to sit there and watch Pirates of the Caribbean on your phone? Uh, no, you, 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 our stuff is perfect for uh, all this new technology.
0: All right, so now you've told us that the kids are watching, they're getting this content, you can cut it up, you can sell clips, you can sell highlights. As luck would have it for Dana White, your agreement, your broadcast agreement, is coming due. You are about the only major property that the traditional broadcasters and maybe some of the non-traditionals Will have access to for oh what are we with twenty probably five six seven years? You are sitting in a very good position. How do you approach this negotiation?
2: Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about it. Um, and uh, you know, like I said, we fit perfect perfectly with all the new technology. And what's funny is when my deal when I got my deal, you know, you're talking to the you know all the cable networks or you know CBS ABC you know Fox the list goes on and on but now you know you have Facebook you have Amazon um, you have YouTube you have uh, you know all these different you know the game has changed in the last seven years so uh, this negotiation is going to be interesting and obviously my new partner is Ari Emanuel and uh, who better to be going into this type of a deal with anybody other than Ari Emanuel
0: Well, how about his partner? I was hanging out with Patrick Weitzel earlier this week at the Players' Technology Summit in San Francisco with Steph Curry and Andre Iguodala. We talked a little UFC. Would you prefer sort of a joint bid with a traditional, non-traditional? It sounds as if you don't want to give away or you'd like to at least capitalize these new guys on the block who reach the kids, your future that you're talking about
2: absolutely listen uh, as we sit down and we start listening to the type of offers that come in you know we have to you have to really think forget about the money okay T- take money right out of the equation you have to think about what's going to be best for this business over the next however many years that we sign a deal how do we reach more people how do we build stars um, and how do we get uh, you know the entire world to be able to consume our product that's the stuff you look at first before money.
0: We are chatting with Dana White, the president of UFC. And Dana, was it difficult when you were acquired by WME-IMG? I mean, it just seems that perhaps there were different, different approaches between the two companies, not, not the same DNA.
2: My, uh, my old partners, the Fertitas, we were together for 20 years. That was hard for me. You know, it was like a divorce when those guys left, you know. I went through a lot of emotional stuff, to be honest with you, when they left. But as far as the business, nah. The, the, the WME-IMG came in, and I'm running this thing just like I did you know, five years ago. So nothing has really changed. Ari and I, um, so we were friends before this happened. I was actually glad that it was him because of the relationship. And uh, now I'm, I'm doing what I've been doing for a very long time.
0: Has anything changed with the success? Has your appetite for risk changed? Because that often happens once the money comes.
2: No. Nah. I, 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 I literally, just like I said, you got to put the money aside and do what you do. You got to do what's best for the business uh, for it to continue to grow and, uh, and make all the right decisions as far as all this new technology goes. And it's the same thing with me. You know how many people call me up after the deal and say, how do you get up and put your shoes on every day and go to work? You know, Um, And believe me, we had a lot of people here who made a lot of money, and they're gone. They took off, and they're doing nothing now. This is what I love to do. This is what I would do for free. Like this Tuesday night uh, contender series, everybody's like, aren't you doing enough? Isn't this enough? I could get up every Tuesday for the rest of my life and go watch young and -and up-and-coming talent fight. It's what I love to do. It's, It's who I am. So, yeah, none of that stuff affects me or phases me.
0: Lastly for you, Dana, who do you got? I mean, it's the biggest fight people want to know. McGregor, your guy, your sport, but not exactly doing what he normally does. Or Mayweather, is it money, or is it uh, it Conor?
2: I'm going with Conor McGregor. Uh, You know, the boxing world doesn't know Conor McGregor like I know Conor McGregor. Everything this guy said he will do, he has done. I watched him train. He looks phenomenal, and now we're using 8-ounce gloves. By law, it's supposed to be 10-ounce gloves. They gave him a waiver. They're going to fight in 8-ounce gloves, and now there's less glove for, for Floyd to protect himself. Conor hits like a truck. He will knock Floyd Mayweather out. Floyd is the master of defense. It's less glove uh, to, to, to defend himself with, and uh, Conor is absolutely confident that he's going to knock him out, and he's always, he's always delivered when he says he's going to.
1: Well, Scott, if I buy the Doritos, you come and buy the house on the 26th because my family obviously is not happy with me and I'm not going to college to drop everybody off. So Yeah, and and you'll be home alone. (laughs) (laughs) The key here,
0: he did not ask me to pay for half. So, yeah, maybe I'll go. All right, that's the UFC president, Dana White. Dana, thanks so much. Thanks for having
1: me, guys. Thank you. you. Takeaways here, Scott. I think what I'm impressed about the most is that, remember, this – UFC whole body started 24 years ago. Nothing. Dana White had nothing to begin with. In fact, he said he was losing money at the start. And now look at the industry.
0: Yeah, what I take away from Dana is he gets it. He gets today's media. He knows how to reach people. There was one part where he talked about, yeah, I have this show where the contender. I can take 10 shows out of that and make another series. He's always thinking of content, content, content. How do I give my fans more? That is a perfect recipe in today's digital world. My goal is if you want to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since i was a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five.
1: I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business & Sports, the number of the week.
0: And, Michael, our number this week, number of the week, 500 million. Do you know what I'm referring to?
1: Your bank account. Almost. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I am talking about Dana White's bank account, Arya Emanuel's bank account, Floyd Mayweather's bank account. They are targeting about $500 million in pay-per-view sales, which would do away with Mayweather and Pacquiao that would push that into the background. They are looking at at $100 buys, almost 5 million buys at 100 per. That is impressive.
1: Now, Las Vegas is not hurting for visitors, but they definitely expect their visitors number to rise. This fight, it I can't think of another fight this huge. I mean, unless you go back to like the thrill in Manila fights with the Frazier ali fights but even then still i I don't think the marketing compared to this uh, i'm not sure they can compete
0: the real success here is you've got your boxing fan you've got your mma fan what this has managed to do it's kind of like the super bowl it's drawn the casual sports fan in your mother-in-law knows this fight is happening (laughs) and she is not a
1: boxing fan you have been listening to bloomberg business of sports ma We're here each and every week at the same time exploring the world of money and sports. I'm Michael Barr.
0: Just make sure she subscribes. And I'm Scott Soschnick. Thanks for joining us. Please tune in next week when we continue our conversations with the biggest and brightest in sports business.
1: You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world, and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes.